We're going to jump into our scripture text because I, I, I'm, I'm super excited to be able to share with you what God's word promises us today. And we've talked about, we started on last week talking about entering God's rest. As we unpack some jewels from the book of Hebrews that we're studying uh, in our uh, midweek uh, small group study time. And so this, this particular passage is one that I think all of us should, should, should to gather and learn how to embrace so that we can enter God's rest. We're going to pick up in Hebrews, the fourth chapter, and we're going to read uh, verses one uh, through. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll start. We'll stop at verse number four today, I believe. All right. Now, listen, we're talking about entering God's rest. God's rest is a special place for every born again believer, a place where peace abides, a place where depression has no place, a place where uh, 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 we can be at ease and at rest and not anxious about anything. That's what God desires for his people. And when you learn how to trust him and take him at his word, you can enter that, enter that rest. Watch what the scripture text says here. Are y'all with me? Let's read together. God's promise of entering his rest still stands, so we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. Now, again, let's go back and get context because remember context gives us the, 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 uh, the ability to understand what scripture is actually telling us. We know that the writer of Hebrews is actually writing to a group of, 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 of people who had come out of Judaism and who were now pursuing Christ. But as a result of coming out of what they grew up in, come on, hello somebody, they were now facing persecution from their family members, from the temple people who kicked them out of the temple, wouldn't allow them to come in there any longer. They were facing persecution and even the high priest had the authority to throw them in jail because they were following Jesus Christ, their Lord. So as a result, some of them got a little discouraged because I mean, y'all know sometimes if you're not prayed up, if you're not studied up, if you're not walking in faith, tribulation can have you discouraged sometimes. When things aren't quite going your way, when it looks like uh, the only luck you have is bad luck. First of all, I don't believe in luck. Amen. I believe in the providential hindrance of God. I believe that when God, amen, sets the thing in order, he knows exactly what he wants to do. Amen. So, so when we look at this thing, we got to understand that, that God is a God who watches over his word to perform it. So when we look at it, uh, so these, 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 these Hebrew Christians were, were, were a little bit despondent a little bit. And some were thinking about going back into what they came out of. So God says, what you got now is better than what you came out of. Can I get a witness? All right, so, so, so he's encouraging them. He says, so we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. He says, for this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them, but it did them no good. Now, who is them? Them is the children of Israel, the Israelites, whom God brought out of slavery, delivered them out of slavery in Egypt, and had a promised land waiting on them to enter in. But an entire generation failed to get that rest because of unbelief. Watch this. For this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who what? Now, I got a question for you today. How many of y'all honestly listen to God? Come to this side over here. How many of y'all over in this corner? This, this, this is my amen corner this morning. Now, every time I walk to this side of the stage, I need y'all to say amen. amen. I got my amen. How many of y'all honestly listen to God? 
I, I believe that you do, all right? But, 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 but the reality is that there are people who are sitting in our churches who don't listen to God. For this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us as it was to them, but it did not, it didn't look good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. Three and four, watch this. It says, for only we who believe can enter his rest. Read that with me. Say it again. For only we who believe can enter his rest. As for others, God said, in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest, even though this rest has been ready since he made the world. Verse four, watch this. We know it is ready because of the place of scripture where it mentions the seven day on the seven day. God rested from all of his work. So we're going to park right here for a second. Now, I, I want to share something with you. all this, this is something that just happened to me uh, just the other week. And I'm talking about entering God's rest, entering to, in a place where you are solid, entering in a place where peace abides, that peace that surpasses all understanding. Are y'all with me today? Uh, an incident happened. I say an incident. A situation happened where God spoke to my spirit about something. And I need y'all to hear this because this is the way I've learned to live my life. Uh, someone that called me and asked me to, to, uh, to, to borrow some money, okay? And the person that called and asked me to borrow this money is one who's faithful. Whenever they borrow, I give it to them because they always pay it back, all right? And, it, and, and the amount that they was asking for wasn't very much, $150, okay? They asked me for that, and, 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 and I said, sure. But just that prior Sunday, somebody had blessed me with $200, Two crisp $100 bills. How many of those $100 bills are crisp when they look good? And in actuality, you know, uh, that, that, that $200 came in handy because I had some extraordinary expenses that I was paying off this particular month. And that was going to help me to, to pay off those extraordinary, the stuff that's, that's not normal. How many of y'all got some not normal stuff that come to your house? You got your regular bills. Can I preach to somebody up in today? But you got some stuff that you come Where'd that come from? Yeah. I didn't expect that. So, but, but I didn't expect that, that you know, uh, uh, th- those, those, those things to come, but I had to take care of those things. So that $200 is going to help me do that. But just as sure as you're sitting there and just as sure as I'm standing up here talking, I heard the voice of God says, don't you loan her $150. I need you to bless her with that because I'm going to expand that exponentially. That's what I heard him say. And so I just wrote a little note, wrapped it around it, the two crisp. One dollars bill, put it in there, and gave it to him. And listen to me, guys. I went to a place, somebody blessed me with a crisp $100 bill. I got a check in the mail for $805.37 that I was not looking for. And then on yesterday, I got a check. Not a check, a card with cash in it, a crisp $100 bill. So that $200 that I sold because I heard the voice of God now has multiplied five times back into my life. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. When you learn how to walk by faith, God can do exponential things in your life. He can do the impossible. He can do the supernatural. And all he wants us to do is to take him at his word. Whoo, I got happy in my own self. Now watch this, watch this. All right, 
So, so last week we began to talk about entering God's rest. And I, I pray that you got your notes there. They should be on the, on the, on the church app. And, and, and uh, we may have them up here today. But if not, you, you get the church app and, and look up the notes, okay? So, so when we talked about on last week, we said that there is a rest. There is a peace that we need to happen. And in this, in this fourth chapter of the letters of Hebrews, the writer powerfully expresses the, the significance of the choice that this, his generation of believers had just like the Exodus generation. They had to make a choice. They can respond to the word spoken in Christ with unbelief or and incur the anger of God and never know his rest, or they can fully trust and respond to what God is saying and experience the blessing. Hear me, Kip. Experience the blessing of a rest that only God can provide. I want you to enter God's rest. Here's what I've surmised. As I look at Christendom today and I look at trends in Christianity and I love to study this stuff and I love to read about it because I need to be aware. The Bible says walk circumspectly as wise men. All right. Redeeming the time. I need to know what's happening in the culture and within the church so that I can adequately share the word of God with you. Now, again, it's going to be totally up to you whether or not you enter God's rest. It is totally up to you whether you're going to walk by faith. Are y'all with me? As much as I would like to cut your head open and put the word in there and put it on your heart, I cannot do that. I'm not licensed to do surgery from a physical standpoint, but I am licensed to do surgery from a spiritual standpoint. And I want to cut you open spiritually and put this word down inside and you got to decide whether or not you're going to obey it or not. Fair enough? Ain't my job to make you. It's my job to teach you. But here's the reality. When, once you know it, once it's been properly explained to you, uh, once it's been properly given to you, then now God holds you accountable. To whom much is given, what? Much is required. Glory to be to God. So, so, so we looked at, we said some warnings are in this book. Remember the warnings, okay? If you got these popping up, warnings in the book. Don't drift from what you've heard. That's the first warning. Don't drift from what you've heard is what he's telling them, Okay. Uh, so, so in verse one says, so we must listen carefully to the truth we have heard or we may drift away from it. That's in Hebrews, the second chapter, verse one. We must, we must, we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, Hebrews two and one, or we may drift away from it. Notice what it says. Listen how? What form of sinner structure is carefully? It's a what? Come on, English majors. It's a what? An adverb, what does an adverb do? It describes the verb. It tells you how to do the verb, right? So, so say for instance, come to church enthusiastically. Okay, as opposed to coming to church grudgingly. All right, the grudgingly and the enthusiastically tells you how you come in. Work heartily as unto the Lord. In other words, with all your heart, mind, and soul, work heartily as unto the Lord rather than working lazily. Adverbs describe the verb. He says, so we must, so we must what? Listen very how? Carefully to the truth that we have heard or we may do what? We may drift away from it. Some some Christians, I'm, I'm convinced, don't listen carefully. All right? Second thing we said was, don't disbelieve God's voice. Don't disbelieve God's voice. 
The third warning is don't drift from God's word. I'm going to park here just for a second. Don't drift from God's word. These are the warnings he's giving these Hebraic Christians, these Messianic Jews who, who left Judaism and now walking with Christ Jesus, and some were thinking about going back to the old way. Now, let me ask you all a question. How many of y'all, since you've been walking with Jesus and maybe you faced some persecution, maybe you, you, you had some heartache and angst with your family members, and somewhere in the back of your mind, you said, I was doing better before I started walking with Christ. Has that devilish thought ever came to your mind? To say, I, 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 you know what, I, but, but before I came to Jesus, I had some money. Thank you, sister. We working you today. All right. Are y'all with me today? Listen, some were thinking about going back. How many of y'all sitting here saved but have thought about going back to the club? How many of y'all have been back to the club? Shaking your tail feather and bumping. Is it bumping and grinding? And I don't know what all these these erotic field dances that are all, what you call them nowadays, but whatever it is, keep your butt to yourself. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Some thing about going back. So, so, so it's, it's important. Don't drift from God's word. Don't, don't, what you have now is much better than what you came out of. What, what, this is not on your notes, but just kind of, I want to throw this in parenthetically. We're going to move right along. What are some things that cause us to drift from God's word? I need y'all to hear me carefully because, see, sometimes we, we, don't, we don't listen carefully in the church and we hear stuff, but we really don't hear it. Half the time I'm preaching, you think I'm talking about your husband. <laughs> or you think I'm talking to your wife or your cousin or that person who you know you don't like or somebody who rubbed you the wrong way. Preach it, pastor. Preach it. No, I'm talking to you too. <laughs> Unashamedly, I'm talking to everybody in here. I'm talking to myself also. So what are some things that, 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 that can cause us to drift from God's word? Number one, an out-of-control schedule. Some of y'all got too much going on. Some of y'all, as they say, just doing the most. Sometimes in life, we get so busy with youth sports, we travel all over the country with our children, but won't bring them to youth ministry. I got, God got a problem with that. Now, I'm a former athlete, and I love sports, but sports don't take the place of God. And who's ever selling you that bill of goods, you got to do all this traveling in order to get a scholarship. Hey, if you're good enough, they'll find you. If they, if they don't find you, you go walk on and prove yourself. But how dare you miss church every Sunday traveling, playing ball? Now, I hear somebody between that. I don't know who you are. I'm not looking at you individually, but I got to say this because it's as you look at trends in Christendom today, people, people, people will do all that and say, I'm supporting my child. I support my children in everything they do. I'm, I'm at all their ball games. One, one of the reasons why we do, didn't do travel ball back then was because it took us away from church on Sunday. Some of us got so much going on, our schedule is out of control. How many of y'all are overcommitters? In other words, you're a nice person, people ask you to do stuff, and they, do, they actually do it because you're faithful and you're committed. 
and, and you're doing all these different things, and all of a sudden you find yourself, I, I've been guilty of that, y'all. I'm preaching to the old albums. Because I remember one time I was, on, I was on about five boards of directors. And when, when they come and actually do it, they come and actually do it because one thing I'll do if, if I'm on the board, I'm going to show up for the meeting. Yeah. I'm not going to give you my commitment to be there, and then, and then I don't have time to show up. And then put on my resume, <laughs> member of the board or whatever, and, and to build my resume. I'm, I'm there to try to help. So if I, if, I, if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. So one time I was on, I was on the board about four or five at, at one time, and they tell you we only meet once a week. But think about this. It depends on how those meetings fall. And then if you're on the executive committee or treasurer or whatever, the executive committee meets. And by the time I looked up, I was going to meetings more than I was staying at church. All right? In my, in my work, I'm not saying not more, but, but it took away precious time that I need to be devoted to casting vision, doing the work of ministry here at the church. Y'all with me? Those things are not bad, understand me? But sometimes you can overcommit yourself. Let me see the hands of everybody who's had an out-of-control schedule before. Just in, in some of everything. Not bad stuff, but when you get into that, all that stuff, here, here's what you'll tell yourself. I don't have time to study. The days go by so fast, Pastor, when I wake up, looks like I'm laying back down, and I don't have time to study. I don't have time to get into God's Word, but yet you, you watch every judge show that came on. amazing how we fool ourselves and trick ourselves into thinking that, that we don't have time to do certain things, but, 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 but an out-of-control schedule. The other thing that can, that can hurt us, uh, by the way, the Bible does tell us in Ephesians 4, 5, and 16, redeem the time because the days are evil. Redeem the time means make the most of every opportunity. So, so, so if your schedule is so chock full of stuff that you're doing, you need to re- release yourself from some stuff so you can get some time to God. Here's what I, as your, as your pastor, challenge you this year. I challenge you to get involved with one in-reach ministry, one inside, and then one external ministry. That's, that's not asking a whole lot, is it? I'm, I'm looking for a response. Amen. To help inwardly, that means when we're here on campus, and externally, when we do stuff outside of campus. Amen, Kona. <laughs> thank y'all, thank y'all. I got a little scared over here because y'all look at me like, see, if you're, hear me carefully, if you're sitting there saying, don't no man tell me what to do with my time, you're in this category that God is talking about, a heart of unbelief and a hardened heart. God will deal with you if you belong to him. But my challenge to you is to make sure you belong to him. Because everybody who's in here saying Jesus don't really know him. Because if you know him, he's going to be a part of your life and he will be directing your footsteps. So, 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 so out of control schedule. Second thing is misplaced affections. Everybody say misplaced affections. These are the things that can cause you to drift from God's word. First John 2 and 15 says, do not love the world nor the things uh, it, it offers you. For when you love the world, you don't have the love of the Father in you. Yeah. Hobbies and stuff. You know, you, some stuff is good stuff and some stuff is not good stuff. In other words, misplaced affections. Third thing is when you, that cause you to drift from the word of God is when you become discouraged about something. And y'all have been discouraged before. Amen. When the trials of life caused you as a person to become discouraged, 
it, it often begins focusing on those problems and your issue and take your eyes off of Christ. Do y'all remember Peter when he was walking on the water? When he, when he said, if it be, your, if it be your, you, Lord, bid me to come unto you. And he heard the word and Jesus says, come. And he stepped out on faith and he was doing good until he took his eyes off of Jesus and started looking at the storm. See, some of y'all in here have drifted from the word of God because you've been discouraged by the storms in life. And the storms in life have caused you to, to, to think that God is unfair. And all God is saying is, you belong to me and I want you to learn how to trust me. I will provide for you. I will be able to do exceeding abundant above all you can ask or think according to the power of the work to you. But I'm just looking for a man or woman in this earth realm who I can show myself strong toward. I'm looking for a man and woman who's willing to rest in me. So discouragement can cause you to drift from the word of God. Uh, uh, here's another thing. Abundance can cause you to drift from the word of God. Abundance, 1 Timothy 6 and 10 says this, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. See, sometimes we can get our eyes on monetary possessions and, 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 and getting stuff and we take our eyes off of Jesus. Abundance can cause us. As long as you didn't have, you were praying good. Couldn't beat you getting up in the morning. Going before the Lord. Couldn't, couldn't beat you going down on, on bending knees as they say. And praying to your father, but now that you got a little bit above rent money. Hello? Now that you now that you you prospering a little bit, can't nobody tell you nothing. So abundance will sometimes cause people to drift and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. And then then, then and then here's, here's, here's the fifth thing. Your little pet sin can cause you to drift from the word of God. Everybody say my little pet sin. That little thing you, you've been doing for a long time and God been trying to get you to get, get, get rid of that thing, get loose from it, but you still kind of falling into it. Look at Hebrews the 12th chapter, verse 1 and 2 with me right quick. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 1 through 2. And I got to keep moving. Are y'all still with me today? I got to keep moving because if that food, those food trucks start sending an aroma in here, some of y'all, I'm going to lose some of y'all. So I got I to keep moving. Are y'all still with me? Watch what the author says here. Watch. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us do what? Strip away every weight that slows us down, especially the sin. Now watch this. There is a difference between a weight and a sin. A weight is not sin, but a weight is something that slows you down from running with the Lord. But the next part says, it's especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Now, I'm not going to ask you to identify that in public right now, but, but, I, but I imagine that if, if we were to look at all of our lives, there's probably some sin that easily keeps tripping us up. There's some stuff that you got in your life that somehow you keep telling yourself, I ain't going to do it no more. Lord, forgive me this time. I am not going back. Lord, this, Lord, Lord, Lord I, 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 I promise you, Lord, I swear before God I won't go back again. And then it tripped you up. Y'all thinking about it right now, aren't you? 
What is that sin? He says, he says, watch, he says this. Uh, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Some of us have stuff in our life that's slowing us down, that's preventing us from being fruitful and productive in the cause of Christ. So we, let's lay it, lay it off, strip it off, and especially the sin that's so easy to trip us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Look at verse 2. Watch this. We do this by keeping our eyes on whom? Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Uh, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding his shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. So as I'm running this Christian race, I got to make sure I keep my focus on Jesus. Amen. And the way you keep your focus on Jesus is to keep your focus in his word. The less word time I have, I'm talking about me personally, the more my mind will, will, will gravitate toward those things that are worldly in nature or those things that are, that are not, that are carnal in nature. Maybe I'm not saying be sinful, but just carnal. Stuff that, that, that if I'm not thinking about Jesus, I may be thinking about other stuff. I mean, I, I like sports. I watched football pretty much all day yesterday. Isn't, isn't the Lord good? I had the pleasure of driving Marera and Sister Zonda and Mama Kirk over to Sister Jen. Jen, like, Jen Gardner Lightail had a baby shower, and I drove them over there. And the, 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 the best thing in the world that they told me was there's a room at the place where we got to go help decorate. You can go in that room and wait while this whole thing goes on. You know what I did? I went in there and studied, and I watched football. <laughs> and as I was sitting there, Vaughn, watching LSU win, I said, the Lord is good. Yes, he is. The Lord made these things. He gave men wisdom to make these things. And, it, and, and everything I can watch at TV or home, I can watch on this. I was in home heaven. Are y'all with me? I love sports, but, but, but I can't let sports take the place of God. If the Cowboys were playing at this very hour, I want to know how many of y'all would have showed up for church. Some of you Saints fans, when they played over in London the other day, some of y'all were missing. It came on at 9.30. I ain't see some of y'all. Watch, watch. Okay, okay, watch. Come on. Can I keep moving? So, so what he's saying is, listen, if we're not careful, we, we got to lay aside every weight and every sin that so easily trips us up. Those things will cause us to drip. And the fourth thing he said was don't despise truth and then don't devalue God's grace. All right, so, 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 so let me get to the heart of what I want to talk about today in my time remaining, okay? Now, on your outline, we talk about the fact that the faith of God brings his rest. And we said the faith of God is available for us. The faith of God is available for us. Go to Mark, the 11th chapter, and look at verses 12 through 14. I am convinced that the average Christian doesn't understand how faith operates. I am convinced that the average Christian is not fully walking in faith. And we do understand and know that the Bible says this, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. The person that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a reward of those who do what? Diligently seek him. So if, if, if I can't please God without faith and and, 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 and I need to figure out how to get faith because faith is going to cause me, it's going to put me in a position where I can enter into his rest. 
There's a story here in this, in this, in this, in this gospel called the same Mark, in the, in the book of Mark, it's told about Jesus and his disciples here, and we're going to look at it right quick. They were standing in the city of Bethany, and every day Jesus and his disciples would go to the city of Jerusalem to minister the word, but they didn't stay in Jerusalem. At the end of each one of his day, each, each day, he and his disciples would walk approximately two miles up the Mount of Olives to the city of Bethany. Everybody say Bethany. And every morning as Jesus and his disciples descended the mountain, they would pass through a city on the Mount of Olives called Bethsaida. Everybody say Bethsaida. And so fig trees were in abundance there along that pathway. And, and I would imagine Jesus and his disciples would grab some figs to eat for breakfast as they passed through that area. But one morning as they were, as they were uh, passing through Bethsaida, Jesus parted the leaves on a fig tree looking for figs and didn't find any. Y'all know this story, right? Then Jesus did something strange. While the disciples were standing around him, Jesus spoke to the tree. It'd be like if, if y'all were standing around me and I start talking to this podium right now. Podium, I don't see any fruit on you. Now, again, this podium is not designed to produce fruit, right? But if I were to go outside and there was a persimmon tree there, uh, uh, then I would expect persimmons to be on uh, the persimmon tree. Y'all know what a persimmon is? It's been a long time since I ate one, but, but uh, I saw one the other day. We saw a tree the other day, didn't we? A persimmon tree. Uh, is, that how, is that what we call them? Or we just say simmons. Can we get a little country with it? All right, so, so watch what happened. Here's the context. I gave you the context. The next morning as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was what? Hungry. Text says he noticed a frick tree in full leaf a little way off. So he went over to see it, see if he could find any figs. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. All right, y'all got that. Verse 14 says what? Then Jesus said to the tree, may no one ever eat your fruit again and the disciples heard him say it and now watch this he says may no one ever eat your fruit again talking about that particular tree all right not every thick tree that in existence but that tree he says and the disciples heard him say it now again after saying this after speaking to the tree he began to walk away jesus didn't speak these words silently he didn't do it he didn't say it in his heart he didn't even whisper to them he spoke it out loud because this passage tells us the disciples heard Jesus what? Heard him say it. They heard him say it. They heard his words, right? Now, after Jesus spoke to this tree guy, listen to this. It still looked the same, didn't it? All right? It still had green leaves, right? And a brown trunk. But the next morning, as Jesus and the disciples were passing through again, Peter noticed the tree. Look at verses 20 through 24. Skip down right quick. Verses 20-24. Remember, they heard him say it. They heard him say it. They heard him say it. The next morning as they passed by the fig tree, he had cursed. The disciples noticed it had withered from the roots up. Text says it's Peter. Peter, remember? Everybody say Peter. He was the one that was out front. He was the one that was always speaking first. He's the one that had foot and mouth disease. The one who was both, the one who, who, I'm convinced Peter's like some of y'all. Some of y'all be saying stuff for, for everybody else. Peter, Peter would say stuff that nobody else would say. Yeah. Yeah. Oftentimes wrong, but sometimes right. But he, he, he had a big mouth. Any of y'all got a big mouth? 
You ain't got to be shameless. Say, I'm, I'm, I, I, I. any of y'all always talking. Okay, all right, good, 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 good. You, you can relate to Peter then. He says, Peter, remember what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day and explained, look, Rabbi, the fig tree you curse has withered and what? And died. Next verse, let's go. Then Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown to the sea and it will happen, but you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. Verse 24 says what? I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. Now, I want you to know something. Peter's reaction to this withered fig tree was, Jesus, look, that tree you cursed is dried up from the root. He was totally surprised. And Jesus' response to Peter was, have faith in God. Kind of strange, isn't it? They heard him say to the tree, I'm cursing you. And then he moved on. They didn't, they, they, didn't, they didn't say anything when he said it, but then they come back around and they observe what has happened here. Jesus said, have faith in God. Peter is talking about a dead tree, and Jesus says, have faith in God. Now, at this moment, here's what I'm going to tell you. Jesus makes a connection between two worlds. In essence, he's saying the way I cause the natural manifestation in a physical tree was by faith, in the unseen creator God. The literal Greek for Jesus' response is have the faith of God or the God kind of faith. What exactly is the faith of God? Go to Hebrews 11 chapter. I'm glad you asked. Hebrews 11 verse 1 through 3. Let's, let's, let's look at it from the King James Version of Scripture. Hebrews 11 verse 1 through 3. Faith is attributed to God and to all of his children. So he says have the God kind of faith. He At this point, again, they said, the tree withered up. He says, have faith in God. A little bit strange, right? But what he's trying to get them to understand is, is that you as a born-again believer were created to operate according and in line and in succinct with your heavenly father. If the Bible says we are made in the image and the likeness of God, what does that mean? That means that we have godly traits. The Bible says we are partakers of what? The divine nature. Well, if we are partakers of the divine nature, divine means what? It's of God. I don't care how, if you are a born-again believer, I don't care how, how, where you came from, who your people are, if you are truly born again, you have the divine nature abiding on the inside of you, which means there is divine potential inside of every last one of us. The fact remains is many of us don't recognize that we have, we are partakers, as I think as Open Peter says, we are partakers of the divine nature. Did you realize you are partakers of divine nature? Do you realize if you are a Christian truly saved, you have the nature of God abiding on the inside of you? Well, because we don't recognize it, we keep living according to our fleshly nature. And God says, I need you to make a connection because without faith it's impossible to please me. Look at what the text says here. Hebrews 11. Y'all there? Let's read. Ready? Read. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things that are what? Things that are not seen. Verse 2 and 3, let's read. For by it the elders obtain by what? By what? What is it? Faith. By faith the elders obtain a good report. Verse number 3, let's read together. It says what? Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed 
by the word of God. Remember Jesus speaking to the tree, okay? He said, framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now, hear me carefully. Since God is spirit, hear me carefully. Since God is spirit, faith must be spiritual. See, the world and you and your natural of uh, carnal state can't understand faith. The Bible, hear me carefully, the Bible is an instruction book for operating in the spirit realm. And what many Christians try to do is try to bring the Bible to the natural realm and make it operate the way natural things operate. I need y'all to hear me. See, if you're going to ever operate the way you were designed to operate spiritually, by faith, because without faith you can't please God, and faith comes from God. As a matter of fact, the Bible says God has dealt to every man what? The measure of faith. If you are born again, every last one of us have the same measure. It's what we do with that measure that determines how we operate. I need y'all to hear me today. All right? So, so, so God is spiritual, and, and, and we, if we're made in his image and his likeness, that means we are spiritual also. Is that correct? So the Bible is an instruction book for operating the spirit realm. This is the reason why the world can't understand it. Quit arguing with your unsaved cousins at the family reunion at Christmas about spiritual things. They can't know it. And quit arguing with that person who said they're born again. They may be born again, but they're still a spiritual baby in Christ. Hadn't grown. And you over there arguing with them about some doctrinal thing. They have no clue what you're talking about because the Bible says some things they can't understand. The Corinthian church couldn't understand everything that Paul wanted to say with them. As a matter of fact, Paul couldn't give it to them because they were still spiritual babies. Some of y'all still stuck in the bottle. Some of y'all in church, and at the time you ought to be teaching, you still got need people to teach you some of the basic elementary things. That's what we learned in Hebrews, y'all. At a time you ought to be leading, at a time you ought to be helping pull a group of people around you and disciple them, you still got issues. Amen. You still got stuff that tripping you up that, that you should have been grown past a long time ago. God is calling on all of us to grow in our faith. He's calling on all of us to learn how to walk by faith in a way uh, that exhibits his divine nature. See, uh, Every born-again believer has faith. Again, Romans 12 and 3 says, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Look what he says in 2 Peter 1 and 1. Let's read this right quick. 2 Peter 1 and 1. So if you're here today, you say, Pastor, what, what, what are you trying to get to? What I'm trying to get to is that I've observed, and, and, and when you look at what's happening in the church in America especially, there are so many Christians who have failed to develop their faith walk. And what ends up happening is, we try to live this life in our own strength, in our own intellect, in our own wisdom. And, and we've, 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 we've actually seceded the supernatural. And we said, well, that, that happened in Bible times. Well, my Bible tells me that God wants to do some supernatural things to everyone that's one of us in here. And we got to get out of that mindset that I can't do this and I'm, I'm to this. And I, I, listen, you got divine nature on the inside of you if you're born again. Look at what it says. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. 
like precious faith. God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now it's what you do with that faith that's going to determine whether or not it grows and develops and puts you in a position where God can use you to do supernatural things. God starts every believer at the same level. We've all been given the like precious faith and the measure of faith. When you were born of God, you received all of his attributes. All of us. Look, look, look with me, if you will, at this second, uh, this, uh, verses 2 through 4. You received all of his attributes. Do you really think that you have some of the attributes of God? Let's read the Bible. Can we read the Bible? If you are born again believer, listen to what the, what the word of God said. Grace and peace be what? Multiply. Multiply. How many of y'all need some more grace and peace? How many of y'all can stand some grace and peace in your house? How many of y'all can stand some grace and peace on your job? Only two of y'all. How many of y'all can stand some grace and peace in your church? Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. How? And of Jesus our Lord. So listen. If you want grace and peace to be multiplied in your life, it's going to come through the knowledge of God and of, our, and of Jesus, our Lord. That's how it's going to come. But now, again, remember, you're not seeking that knowledge. If you're not seeking that knowledge, it won't just automatically just come. You got to hunger and thirst after righteousness. Look at verse 3. Come on, let's go. Ready to read. It says what? According as his divine power had given unto us all things that pertain unto what? And godliness through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and to virtue. Verse number four, let's read together. Exceeding great and precious promises that by these, what is these? The great and precious promises. You might be what? Partakers of what? The divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world. Through lust. Now, now watch this. Okay. So since we, we re, you know, we've been dealt the measure of faith, we are partakers of the divine nature, we have this stuff on the inside of us, how do we get that faith from the inside to the outside? And the way that Jesus manifested it here in Mark 11 was through, through speaking the word. They, he said something. Once you release your faith through the words of your mouth, you, you, you will have taken your faith from the inside to the outside and it can begin to produce. When I shared this with Rary about what the Lord, what the Spirit of the Lord had told me, and one of the things that we do in our life as believers, when God tells us something and, and he's dealing with our heart, I don't argue with her about that. I don't. I mean, because if she's saying the Lord is telling her, to, particularly as it relates to sowing into somebody's life, and we do that quite often because when God tells us, he, he blessed us to be a blessing. And when he tells us to sow, we sow. Because we've seen it happen too many times, guys. Where just like the story I just told y'all, one of the stories of a true life event. When that $200 seed came back five times, I heard God say, sow it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to return unto you multiple times over. And I received that, and I said it out loud with my mouth to stimulate my faith walk. Faith, uh, it, 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 when we start acting upon it and speaking that, it begins to manifest itself in our life. But too many of us are afraid to say what we're believing God for. Because we say, what if it doesn't happen? I'm going to look foolish. What if it doesn't happen? Then, uh, 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 you know, what are people going to say? 
can I, can I call up Mandy, Mandy Neal? She may not be in here in the house, but she, she's probably over there somewhere helping. Mandy Neal believed God for 12 years for a daycare. And now she's, she's, uh, she's, she's built two of them. And Brother Roger, I, I I'm, I'm telling her praise report. She's paid the debt off them in, in, in a short amount of time. I'm going to say within the, within the seven-year period, she paid off over a million dollars worth of debt. And get ready to open another one. I need somebody here to know that God is a good God. And if you learn how to stand in faith and believe him and stop listening to all these negative nettles and doubt and Thomas in your life, trust God. Yes, sir. Where is Chanda Lewis? She may, is she in the house? She's in the back. Chanda Lewis can give you this very same testimony. She, God told her to, to open up a, a child care center also, and she's done that, and now it's prospering. See, we got to learn how to step out in faith and stop listening to all of the negative stuff that people are telling us and learn how to trust God in every area of our life. Are y'all still with me? Seed does no good if it remains in the sack. We got to remove it from the sack and plant it in the ground before it can produce. And just like that seed of uh, uh, watermelon seed or or whatever, uh, uh, whatever kind of seed you got, faith is just like that seed. You got to plant it. Listen, if you're straining, if you're if you're straining in your faith walk right now, it's probably because you're trying to operate beyond your level of faith. Some of y'all say, "Well, you know, that, that, that's them though." But don't nothing ever happen for me. Well, check out where your level of faith is. Okay, some of y'all got to start believing God for fifteen dollars before you try to start believing Him for one million dollars exercise your faith. The more old that it's exercised, the stronger it becomes. Start believing God for things that may seem minuscule and minute. I'll tell you right quick, our daughter, middle daughter, Sonia, Sandra, uh, when she was a little baby, her head was bigger than her hair. Am I telling the truth? And we, and we would kind of paste them both on her head. And we just start believing God for her to have a head full of hair. Now, that may seem minute. That may seem minuscule to you. But it was important to us for our baby girl to have some hair on her head. And Maria would pray over that child's head. And, and her hair grew. And she got hair now. It's hers and somebody else now, too. But, you <laughs> but she got the natural stuff up under there, too. But we believe God for her hair to go. Don't, nothing is too small or too big for you to believe God for. We got to start operating. So how, how does faith come? Romans 10 and 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When we gain understanding of the word of God, faith increases with that understanding. That's why I'm always admonishing you to get involved with discipleship training. Make sure you spend some time with God's word because faith don't come by you coming and praying. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? That's consistent hearing. Whenever a biblical truth is revealed to you in your spirit and you comprehend that part of the word, faith comes with that understanding. So the the, the, the three cooperating powers with faith. Here's where I think we get messed up because God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. And, and, and so we have the, all have the same measure, but, but that faith has to grow. We start out with the same measure, but is your faith growing? So there are three cooperating powers that, that come along with faith. Go to Romans, the fifth chapter, verse 1 through 5. 
Because if faith is a link between you and God, God's on one end, you're on the other end, and faith connects you together. When you believe God and step out in faith on one of his promises, there's a divine link, which is invisible to the natural eye, but is a spiritual substance called faith that's there. Are y'all with me today? Faith reaches into the unseen realm to begin to move things around in an arena that you can't see in the natural. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But also recognize there's some things that cooperate with faith. And here's where the enemy starts to have a heyday with us because he knows if, if faith is, is, is the measure of faith that's been given to us, he, he can't steal that measure, but he can deal with this stuff that affects faith. Text says, read together, it says what? Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight, how? By faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. We have peace with God. Next verse, let's read. It says what? Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Now listen, we're trying to get to enter his rest and I'm telling you, you won't enter his rest without faith. So I got to understand what faith is because one of the reasons why the children of Israel failed an entire generation who came out of slavery in Egypt, an entire generation failed to enter God's rest because of a lack of faith, because of unbelief. God had already told them, the promised land is yours. Canaan is yours. Every place that your foot treads upon, I've already given it to you. Now go over and possess it. But they sent spies over and they started looking, checking it out. And they came, 10 came back and said, well, it's like God said, but we can't take it. But what did God's word say? God's word says, it's yours. Every place your foot goes on, it's yours. Go take it. But they said, we can't do it. Now I want to ask you a question. What's happening in your life right now where God says you are more than a conqueror in that area, but you keep telling yourself, I can't do it. You keep telling yourself, or other people are telling you, that's ridiculous. Nobody like you's ever done that before. Why not you be the first one? Has to be the first for everything, right? If nobody in your family finished college, how come you can't be the first one? If everybody in your family always rented and never bought a house, how come you can't be the first one to buy a house? Who told you you cannot do this? Where is that voice coming from? I surmise to you it is coming from the enemy or from yourself. Get into the spirit of God and walk in faith and watch God, amen, open the doors of opportunity in your life. I got to keep going. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials. Look at what he says. We can do what? Now, when the last time you rejoiced when you ran into some problems and trials? When's the last time you said, oh, glory, God, there here come the problem. Blessed be to God. I'm thankful. says we can rejoice too when we run into problems he didn't say thank God for them he says when you're in the middle of them just thank God when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us do what develop endurance four and five let's read come on let's go and endurance helps develop strength of character and character strengthens our confident 
hope of salvation. Verse 5, and this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Now, again, in the King James Version of Scripture, it, it says it, the word endures is the word patience. Okay, so there, there, there are three, uh, when, we, when, we, when, we, when we look at faith, faith does not stand by itself. Go to the KJV in that same passage. Faith does not stand by itself between you and God. It is supported by three guy wires. Y'all know what a guy wire is? Have y'all ever saw one of these long, uh, tall cell towers? And from those cell towers, they have these, these, these metal cables. It's like, it's like a, a braid. Any of y'all ladies wearing braids in your head? I don't know what you're saying. I'm, 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 I'm trying to embarrass you. You know what a braid, you know braid is? You know how you have braided? How many of y'all got braids on there? It's, it's, it's like braided metal. And those guide wires are there to stabilize the tower. Because that tower goes up so many feet up in the air, and if a mighty storm or wind comes, if it's not supported by those guy wires, it will tilt over. Are y'all with me? A guy wire is a lightweight galvanized cable that's used to provide stability for poles and towers. And so when we look at our faith, faith, our faith is stabilized by three things. Number one, what do you got on your outline? Y'all talk to him. Number one, what? Hope. Number two, what? Patience. And number three, what? Love. Faith, hope, and love. Go with me, if you will, to Romans. And I I got, dog it, I'm not going to be able to finish this today. (laughs) Hear this, hear this, hear this. We all come back. I know we got some visitors today, but will y'all mind coming back next week? We love to have you come back. And share with, because you need to understand how to walk by faith. Every last one of us in here who name the name of Christ need to learn how to enter God's rest. And it does not happen if we don't learn how to embrace the faith walk. What happens is these, these, the enemy starts attacking our hope. He starts attacking our patience and he starts attacking our love. Do you not, do you not know the Bible says faith working by no. Faith working by? No. Faith working by? Love. Am I right? Y'all don't know, do you? Do you know? Go to Romans 5. In 5. Here we go. So guy wise, what he's going to do is he's going he to attack your love, he's going to attack your patience, he's going to attack your hope. If he can get you to, to, to surrender your hope, the confidence assurance of a future event, he can affect your faith walk. Am I right about it? It says, and hope maketh not a shame because the love of God is shared abroad in our hearts by what? By the Holy Ghost, which is what? Which is given unto us. Uh, my passage I'm looking for. Somebody help me on this one. Perfect love does what? Cast out fear. That's what I'm getting at. Perfect love casts out fear. Fear is the opposite of faith, okay? So if I'm not operating in perfect love, which is the God kind of love, then, then that means that, 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 that I can't have the faith that I need to be able to operate and to please God. 
Are y'all with me today? Perfect love casts out fear, Brother Kitty. So if I'm not operating in perfect love, if I'm hating on people when I should be loving people, then my faith walk is not going to amount to anything because I can't do anything without faith. Are y'all with me? All right, so, so let's, let's, let's pop back in. I got I to close this out because my time is up. The devil cannot get to your faith because it's located in your spirit, man. The inward man. The part of that new creation on the inside of you. But instead, he will try to weaken the powers that cooperate with your faith. And that's, what do we say with those were? Hope, patience, and what? And love. See, see he can't get to that faith on the inside. God does to every man to measure faith. But what he can do is, is affect your hope. If you lose hope, if, if, if you don't have patience and then you don't walk in love, he can get you to give up that hope. He, he can get you to walk away from faith. Not faith, but he can get you to walk away from the results that will happen when you operate by faith. If he can get you to give up hope, lose your patience, start walking in love, it can negatively affect your faith. That's why some of you right now are not operating by faith because he's affected your love. He's affected your hope. He's dealt, your patience is, is, is non-existent now. And that's why he keep bringing things to you to try to develop your patience, your endurance. Those three guide wires help us to maintain a faith walk. But my question to you today is I close this portion is which one of those three guide wires about to break in your life? Do you have hope? Do you have a hope? Biblical hope is a confident assurance of a future event. Do you have patience? Yeah, I'm, I'm talking to you. Do you have patience still? Or are you just edgy, edgy and fidgety and, and just short-tempered with everybody that comes into your life? Are you operating in love? Or have you, have you left love alone and allowed hatred to enter your heart? All those things will affect your faith. And I'll continue with those guide wires on next week because we need to know how to operate with a blessed hope. We need to learn how to operate in patient endurance. And we need to learn how to let the love of God perfect us and get us to the point to where God can use us to do supernatural things. Every head, body, by close. Father, we thank you and praise you.